This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. And welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women who are losing their marbles. <laughs> and we are back for season two. We have left physical behind, but quick uh, notification update. The day that last episode dropped, of course, the show was renewed for season two. So Gina and Jen, we will be back to talk more about uh, the 80s aerobicized, I was going to say crisis, but uh, I guess fad <laughs> of the 80s. Yay! I'm so excited. More Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that in there. We, we, I we hope. I mean, when the last oh, we saw yeah. him, he God, just had like yeah, massive knows? surgery. Oh, they wouldn't dare. <laughs> he just dies off screen in between seasons. <laughs> no. Jen's like, I'm out. I'm out. I know. <laughs> Rage quitting. <laughs> it's bringing back a completely, play by completely new actor. Like, oh. Oh, but I do love it when they do that. Yeah, I kind of do too. <laughs> like we wouldn't notice. Right? Yeah. Um, that's actually a lovely segue into our very first film of season two. So we're going to be talking about erotic thrillers uh, once a month for the foreseeable future. And we're going to start off with a title that features a couple of people who come back looking just a little bit different. We're talking about <laughs> Wild Things, the sleazy Florida set thriller in which we get to see Denise Richards topless, we get to see Kevin Bacon's bottomless, and mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody is just having a sweaty, sexy time in this movie. Yes, this is one of the horniest movies I've seen yeah, in a long time. <laughs> this movie is filthy. I know. I love it, and I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> I liked it a lot more than I was expecting. To I watched. I watched it during the day, and it felt oh. very weird to me. Like this <laughs> oh, feels no. wrong. <laughs> I feel like you had to take a shower after. Yeah, I'm just like. Mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This feels like a movie. Yeah, that you need to watch after 10 p.m. with mm. either a really cold beer or some kind of like margarita. <laughs> <laughs> mm hmm. And you yeah. could be in a swim-up pool if you really wanted to go for it. <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. You know how people do that with Jaws, but this would be really Oh, fun. yeah, like a total, like a, a total immersive experience. That would be right. Great. It'd just be like a Bacchanalia by the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's Caligula all of a sudden? <laughs> Uh, okay, so I would like to know, and maybe Gina will start with you, what is your experience with Wild Things? Had you seen it before? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Where did you land? Um, I saw it probably within a couple of years after it came out, because people made a big deal over you know, how graphic it was and how you know there was a big deal made about how you know, Kevin Bacon did this full frontal nude scene, even though it was like like half a second it was and, and he was like and it wasn't even like he was getting out of the shower it wasn't even like meant to be like sexual or anything like that but um yeah. this came at a weird time when you had a lot of young actors kind of doing time in these sort of highly sexualized thrillers and drama mm -hmm. you had this was around the same time that cruel intentions came out yeah. and, and that kind of had the same feel where you had these teenagers who were very you know, they did not act like regular teenagers. They were, they were, you know, they were very scheming. They were having very 
you know, for lack of a better phrase, adult-like sex, and, right. and mm-hmm. you know, they're carrying on all these, you know, illicit affairs in a way that, you know, 17-year-olds don't normally do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting involved with adults, but in a way that, you know, was, was it was very carefully illustrated that the teenage, the younger people had control of the situation in, mm-hmm. in, in these movies. They weren't being manipulated into getting involved with, with older people. This was all of their own choice. So it, it sort of felt a little bit like, you know, a little bit of, you know, masturbatory, you know, for the writers <laughs> to write, write these, mm-hmm. you know, you know, very sexually aggressive and, and experienced teenage girls who, who knew what they want, knew how to get it, and were not going to be victimized or anything like that. So I think at the time, I, I you know, I enjoyed, you know, it's camp value. I enjoyed the fact that Bill Murray is in a completely different movie, which, uh, which yes. is something I, I always appreciate when an actor comes in, reads the script, and then he's like, yeah, I'm just going to do something else with this. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again, and before I before we started the recording, I said I enjoyed the audacity of a movie with a plot so complicated that they're still explaining it into the end credits. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I was like, I don't remember this many twists and turns and backstabbing and double dealings and it is way more complicated than it needs to be and yet somehow mm-hmm. it manages to work itself out somehow yeah right. yeah, yeah mostly right and it's still and it's still very filthy oh yes, yes. yeah <laughs> yeah almost more so now because we have become a little bit more politically correct and we oh, yeah. look at this and we're like oh the kids think they're in control but this is still statutory rape the oh. movie well, and also, and also, you know, it comes at a time where if you, you know, if you spend a lot of time on Twitter, there is the, one of the constant discourses is, well, there's too much sex in movies and TV these oh days. Oh my God, yes. Mm. And I'm like, these days? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. The 90s called and they said, hold my beer. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Jen, what about you? Um, I remember watching this in high school. I'm pretty sure I watched it when it came out. I remember being annoyed by it, I think, Uh. back at the time. Because I think the thing that I remember everybody making such a big deal about was the same thing with Cruel Intentions is that there is a girl-on-girl kiss in this movie. Oh, yes. And I remember all of the boys that I knew were just dying to see this movie and just could not stop talking about it. And I think, like, I was just in a very different place in my life than I am now. I was thinking a lot less critically about just anything. And I think what rubbed me the wrong way was just how male gazy it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know know what that was at the time but I just I think it was something that was like okay you know I don't personally find Denise Richards attractive and it seems like that's what the first half of this movie is about you know watching it now I kind of like it almost feels like it's so over the top male gaze that it's like it's aware of it yeah exactly listen it can't be about it like like you know exactly within the first 15 minutes you've got like a wet t-shirt car washing scene right Mm -hmm. and it's so frolicky and now I can appreciate that and I'm like okay I see what you're doing now of course now I watch it and the other thing that really bugs me is the whole false accusation thing which we can probably get into oh yeah 
but it's funny like it just becomes it's like seven different movies you know Mm -hmm. and so like I was really annoyed by that and then it turned into something completely different and I was like okay well I'm kind of into this and then it was another movie and then it was another movie and so I was it's like (laughs) it's just a ride you know and it like it keeps catching you off guard but uh, yeah I really enjoyed it this time I do have some big problems with it but I think it does seem to know exactly what it is and be doing that very well you know and like Matt Dillon he's so sleazy in this movie you know which I I kind of it's like he's almost like twirling his mustache the whole time you know but he's so inept too right one of Mm -hmm. the things I love about this movie is he's presented as this mega stud who can just like (laughs) fuck any woman who walks by him and yet he completely gets played like you realize oh he thinks he's a schemer and he's actually Uh just an idiot and that's why it's such a perfect neo-noir in that regard it's like he's twirling his mustache and he just gets like sticky wax all over his fingers and then like, mm-hmm. it sticks to everything, you know. But I also, this was like I had fallen in love with Scream at this point. So I think I wanted to see this for Nev Campbell. Right. I was like, what is she doing in this movie? She's trying to break out of her party of five <laughs> mode. Yeah, she, like real hard. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really enjoyed her a lot more in this movie now. Because again, I think I just had a better understanding of what this movie actually is now mm-hmm. that I watch it as an adult. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a similar kind of experience. So I definitely saw this in the theaters because I was 100% a teenager at this point. So I was <laughs> the literal demograph, except for the fact that I was more attracted to, you know, Matt Dillon (laughs) but I could appreciate what they were trying to do although I will confess I was definitely like oh this feels so risque and so adult and so sleazy and I didn't really have I didn't even realize the history that they're drawing from like I knew about Mm -hmm. noir but I had never seen this kind of sleazy noir and it's actually Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I love revisiting 90s flicks is because the 90s did this all the time right Mm -hmm. this was Jade it was Basic Instinct it was Palmetto like there's so many trashy naughty films from this era and this is really just the teen version of all of those more adult films but mm-hmm. the camp factor is what sells it for me because those films try to play it straight like oh it's a man he's being deceived by a woman who uses sex for power isn't mm-hmm. that terrifying and this <laughs> one's like but what if the bimbo and the trailer trash got together and tried to ruin the blue bloods it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah no i'm down for that totally totally y- yeah you could tell right. because half the of um denise richards's dialogue she looks like she's about to just start busting out <laughs> laughing yeah mm-hmm. she just looks like she could barely hold it in but she's got that eyebrow going up and down it's just like mr lombardo yeah mm-hmm. you need your coupon it's practically like she's like you know waving a grouch up or cigar at him she's <laughs> she knows exactly i mean for someone who's not had a good reputation to be a particularly good actor mm-hmm. you know, she at least knows what she's doing here and and, mm-hmm. and she knows Absolutely. what kind of script this is and just going full ham on it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll actually confess. I think Nev Campbell is the one who comes off the least convincing in this. Oh film. yeah, totally. When she, when she has that scene where she like pulls her fist at the cop. I'm like, I'm like, oh come on, what are you gonna oh. that little skinny thing? <laughs> Don't Sweetie, touch me. Come on, that, that yeah. little pipe cleaner arm. Come on, now. Um. Who, are gonna, who are you gonna hit with that? <laughs> I actually do buy her as an evil mastermind. Oh, spoilers for, you know, Ooh. Wild Things, 1998. <laughs> but um, 
I buy her as a very convincing, you know, like 210 IQ, knows how Mm. to pilot a a large boat in the ocean at the end. That I buy. This, like, I don't know if she's supposed to be punk rock or she's just, like, scummy or Florida trash. I don't know. It felt like they were basically like, dip your hand into this bucket of stereotypes from the South pull out a handful and that shall be nev campbell's character until the big reveal yeah and don't forget the scream two hair also the chunks yeah yeah the courtney cox uh red (laughs) yeah speaking of hair which we'll probably get to like i have just watched scream three and i'm like nev campbell is a gorgeous woman please don't put her in bad wigs anymore right (laughs) like did we not know how to fix what i mean i just watched he's all that on netflix (laughs) and they literally can't even be bothered to hide the wig they just put Mm. a hat over it until they reveal what his real hair looks like which is (gasps) shocking model gorgeous (laughs) Mm, of course yes (laughs) oh dear okay so this film I think we can all agree that it has aged surprisingly well, although it is obviously not for the faint of heart and it will not be winning any PC prizes in the immediate future. But what are some thoughts that you have on it? We talked a little bit about the (laughs) not believing people when they cry rape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing that I had a really big issue with but i feel like it is a product of its time in oh, that definitely. regard yeah, yeah 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 it's very because i didn't i don't remember that standing out to me at all but yeah it's very like the scheming women which i love the scheming women angle mm-hmm. i don't love that it is like a false rape accusation that is their angle you know although i don't know how else the plot would work and i do feel like it is campy enough that i kind of give it a bit of a pass you know but it just there it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way I was like that's why I think a lot of people who are our age now grew up like not believing women you know because this is a lot of what they would see right yeah it's a, a very damaging narrative even though within the world of this film it's two young women who have masterminded this plan and really they're doing it so that they can get money out of her bitch of a mother who is mm-hmm. honestly the absolute worst in all the right ways Teresa russell is <laughs> fucking sublime in this movie yeah and we're oh, talking yeah. we're talking bad hair wow oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but so uh, so appropriate for a woman of a certain age living in a certain means. and <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I miss her. I don't know what she's been doing lately, but she was such a good bitch in like 80s and 90s mm. movies. <laughs> I, I would actually um, suggest at some point we cover the movie Black Widow from, <gasps> uh, from the 80s, which is a sort of murder mystery with her and Deborah Winger and Deborah Winger is investigating her as a black widow type killer of wealthy older men oh yes I do know this one yeah yeah it's it's pretty straightforward it's not very campy but it's very it's genuinely good and she's great in it but she's Hmm. she's always been good that really kind of icy you know aggressively sexual character right Mm -hmm. i love that as a descriptor if i could die and have something printed on my tombstone can you imagine having it be (laughs) sexually aggressive (laughs) (laughs) oh 
I would love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She also has some very noisy sex. Like I love being introduced to this character in that way too. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, oh, just like holding onto the heels. That's Kelly's mom. Okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like so much about her falls into place too. Yes. You know, with yeah. her like her her beefy toy boy. Right. And actually, that's I don't think that's the first time we see her. The first time we see her is in her, like, Scarface balcony. Where she's just oh, she's, like, like mm-hmm. either in her underwear or bikini. Exactly. We can't tell. She's just coming out. Hi, Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, like, how luxurious it is. And, like, she is shooting skeet. Like, yes. that is how she's blowing off steam. And I'm like, what world is this? Presumably within the city limits. Right, exactly. Just, you know, off her, off her private dock, you know. I will yeah. say one of my absolute favorite shots in this entire movie, like there, there's some pretty great sequences. There's a lot of great dialogue, but in terms of knowing exactly who these characters are, when Kelly goes into the house and we see mother and daughter on two separate levels enter and slam the door at the same time, I'm just like, <laughs> yep, I know exactly who these women are and I know everything I need to know to move forward now. Yep. Yeah. And I like that the movie doesn't really try to go too deep. You know, they have that one scene where we find out that the father killed himself, I think, Mm -hmm. but they don't ever like we don't need to know that we just need to know that they have a ton of money and that there's like some dissent within the family, you know, Mm -hmm. and that they're both kind of bitchy. Yeah, whereas I think if this film was made nowadays, we'd have to mine the whole tragedy and it would be why Kelly is broken and Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and there's part of it, because I was watching her her confession, you know, when she tells her mom that she was attacked, and then when she kind of talks about it in the interrogation, and I was like, this doesn't feel right. But I love mm-hmm. it, because it's not true. You know, she is right. lying, and I like, it's just like that hint of, you know, this is not a believable story. Like, people don't actually report in this way, you know, because it's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when it all sort of starts to fall apart, I love how we get a couple of courtroom sequences because of course we always get a couple of courtroom sequences <laughs> mm-hmm. in these movies but in this case like it's complete with Kelly throwing a fucking glass at Nev Campbell on the stand and I love that I love that Nev Campbell is like sitting in the chair while she's testifying with the one leg up like she's right? like you know sitting <laughs> mm-hmm. at home watching television it's because like she don't give say, a fuck put your fucking leg down exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, I also want to shout out uh, the prosecutor who is, I can't remember, oh, Jeff Perry, who plays Mr. Katimsky in My So-Called Life, because I love him, and I love that show so much, and it almost broke my heart to see him in this movie. I was like, what are you doing, Mr. Katimsky? <laughs> He's got to pay for that boat. Exactly. Cashing that check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that about Bill Murray, too. I was like, what are you doing here? I, I, oh. you know, I love him in this, so. I do, too. He's got that. that he's got that fucking neck brace on mm-hmm. <laughs> oh i love that mm-hmm. i love that as a character choice the hat and the neck brace i feel yeah. like that was all him i i yeah. feel like he's you know came to the director and said you know what i want to do something with this character why don't we have him you know faking a neck injury so <laughs> mm-hmm. sure yeah. okay and have yeah. him wear have him wear a neck you know a neck brace in like 97 degree florida heat 
Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, I don't feel like this movie is bonkers enough. I think I feel like we need some visual interest for it, you know. But that's just it, right? Like the movie is actually expert at saying, let me tell you who these people are in as few scenes and virtually no exposition as possible. Mm-hmm. So like oh, totally. when we're introduced to Matt Dillon and he, you know, has this trophy girlfriend come out as the girls are preparing to do the car wash, you're just like, yeah, okay, so we know who he is. And then we just get that little snippet with the student, the boy student who's helping him in yacht class or whatever the fuck they're doing. (laughs) And we, you know, we learn, oh, he's kind of like the poor version of this. But even that isn't true, right? Like, Mm -hmm. all of these characters have two to three backstories that get unfurled over the course of the narrative. But we need that first one quick and fast because we've got to get into this rape accusation, then Mm -hmm. the legality, and then we got to circumvent all of that and reframe the story. Well, one, right. of things, one of the things I, I find, actually might be the thing I find the most hilarious about this is that, well, let me, let me, let me stop myself and ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Do you guys recall your guidance counselors in high school? <laughs> oh my God, I do. No. Yeah, they just were writing sex all over all of our uh, <laughs> sex blackboards. Exactly. <laughs> the way people treat Matt Dillon's character, Sam, who is a guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. is a he is just some sort of like rock star at this high school that like he's he's going he's going to the school and running like hey man oh that's right that's his actual introduction it's the pov yeah. shot of like giving, all like, of these students vibes. treating him like a rock star yeah right and he's right. got this like rich girlfriend who's mm-hmm. like and then he's got this teenage girl who like has to have him he, he's apparently mm-hmm. a you know this huge catch because he's a guidance Casper? Oh, he's so dilfy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he's hot. And that's just it, exactly, right? Like, the movie casts Matt Dillon explicitly because it says, we know that you thirst lusted after this guy <laughs> throughout all of the 80s. He's now matured into a hunky dilf, and <laughs> it's totally believable that this person with no charisma and no, like, I don't know what this guy brings to the table, but mm-hmm. apparently, because he looks like Matt Dillon, we're all just going to go along with it because it's like, yeah, he's gorgeous. Right. Yeah. He He's friends with the, the yacht boy, you know, but like he doesn't seem to care about kids at all, like other yeah. than, you know, to. But, I mean, but they them. but they seem to love him, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. It's very like he almost feels like a coach in some ways, like kind of yeah. adjacent to the school, you know, not actually a part of like teaching and learning, although we don't see any classes in the school. Of course not. Yeah. Classes aren't sexy, Jen. Classes exactly. are not sexy. <laughs> know what's sexy sex crimes <laughs> sex crimes yeah he's like oh i bet you thought i was gonna write toy next right <laughs> nope <laughs> i will say that line where the kid says not getting any is the part that i remember from the trailer every <laughs> time <laughs> oh i was like uh yep. every <laughs> high school boys boy like you. ever yep yep well it's funny now that we're talking about this because you mentioned the 80s and it does kind of that 80s thing where like it's such a white movie so it's like the differences between the characters are the classes really it's like there's Mm -hmm. the uber rich like it reminds me of like some kind of wonderful almost you know it's like these uber rich people and then the trash and it's like Mm -hmm. they don't mix and I just didn't like I never I don't know if it's just the school I went to but I didn't ever that didn't feel like my high school experience you know but it's very it's such an 80s thing so this almost feels like it's kind of 
I don't want to say it's a commentary of it, but it's like so over the top that it's. No, like I think that, I think that you now that you brought it up. I think it's possible that it might it might have been a bit of an homage to. I mean, that was such a, a John Hughes thing in general that mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. that the that the the high school there was like this very vast difference between the haves and the have-nots when in most right. actual schools you know there's you know a little more gray area to that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> shockingly enough there's more than two halves to most towns exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry my smoke detector's going off oh, that's not good oh that's no, it's okay you're not on fire <laughs> It's been taken care of. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sitting in the middle of like a smoking, a smoking. Are you the dog? Like, Is everything going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> now I want to keep that in. That's how, de- that's, how de- that's how devoted I am to to this podcast <laughs> is like, the house is burning down. I'm still going. Hey, we're recording, baby. The just have Gina in, her ar- in their arms and she's like, no, wild things, wild <laughs> things. <laughs> we haven't even talked about Kevin Bacon yet, though. <laughs> Release the peen. Ooh. Oh, boy. Actually, okay. So before we get to the race issue, because that was the thing that really grated on me this time around, is just how mm. dirty this movie does Daphne Rubin Vega. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the final member of this foursome, because we've not talked about Mr. Bacon. Ooh, my favorite. I mean, I love Sydney forever and of Campbell, but I mean, I, Kevin Bacon is a very early dream crush of mine. And I was like, oh my God, there's his penis. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like Young Jin was blown away. <laughs> I actually think he's a very attractive in this movie. Like this Ooh. is one of his better haircuts because let's uh-huh. be honest, Mr. Bacon often has not great hair. Yes. yes. See flatliners and trimmers. Oh, Both fantastic boy. movies, but just mm-hmm. cut it. Please just cut it. <laughs> just a couple inches off. Yeah. Yeah, but he is hot in this movie. Like I like him better than Matt Dillon. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so my observation this go around was that if this movie was made later, I think there would have been an implied queer relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I think so yeah, and I think I, think I so. remembered that there was well they give each other a look when they get it like most men would not look at another man as he gets out of the shower unless mm-hmm. it's like a dick swinging contest which I think given the time that's how we're meant to read it but I was always like I don't often talk to other men when they get out of the shower unless I'm sleeping with said men so yeah well or like I don't get in showers that are in other men's rooms if I'm right? with, not with that man you know yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I think you're right I, I don't know why I remembered all four of them being in the pool together because that obviously doesn't happen in the movie ah. um, although side note Kevin Bacon has the best reaction face when he is filming them and they start making oh out in God. the pool and it's like oh <laughs> Jackpot, and not just because I've got evidence. I know he's like, I'm gonna make a copy of this day before mm-hmm. I turn it in. Yeah, I'm gonna sell this on the internet, and that will be my <laughs> 8.5 million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like he kind of like we were saying about Matt Dillon is like he thinks he's such a mastermind, but he's such a doofus in this movie. Like he's the lowest yes. on the totem pole. You know. Yeah him thinking that he could shoot Kelly and get away with it. Like that was the Mm. one piece where I think we're meant to believe that she tried to pull a gun on him first and he shoots her. And I was like, oh, I never bought that. He immediately Mm -hmm. goes in there, shoots her and then comes out and he's like, okay, well now we're down to three. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she's got a skeet shooting gun. Like, I feel like 
Yeah, she's not going to shoot him in the arm. She's going to get him in the chest because we know she knows how to shoot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing I didn't like this time around was watching Daphne Rubin Vega have to be the disbeliever and the kind of bitch of this Mm -hmm. movie. And I was like, we have two people of color. One is the school principal who has two lines. And the other is this female cop who is just egregious and terrible. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like because she is the first person to doubt Kelly's story that the male writer of the the screenplay figures that's how you can get away with pushing this narrative that you know here are the girls going ahead with the making up the the uh the rape accusations again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah a woman doesn't believe another woman so it doesn't have to be a man not believing a woman Totally, yeah. Because, I mean, again, the plot doesn't work without that element, as much as it bothers me. Like, I I get it. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's how they gave themselves a pass. But, you know, the thing is, like, it is still rape. Yes. Because it's still... She's still underage. Exactly. Yeah, it's statutory rape. And side note, like, I love... We were talking about the audacity of this movie. Like, it's not just that he was having sex with a student. It's that he was having sex with a student while she was doing cocaine, and he was wearing a dog collar. It's like, let's just go (laughs) as 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 scandalous as we possibly can. (laughs) Yeah, for the 90s, as opposed to recognizing, you know, oh, well, that's just a kink. Right. You maybe shouldn't be doing drugs with minors. You definitely should not be having sex with minors. But like, oh my God, well, he was wearing a ball gag. You're just like, mm, right. that's barely S&M these days. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think it probably goes to like, so that we don't think that it's rape. Like they aren't leaning into the element to kind mm-hmm. of vilify Kelly a little bit, you know, even though there's nothing wrong with them engaging in that sex, if they're both consensual and of age, which she is not. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's kind of why, like she is into this too. And so it is a consensual relationship. Right. Assuming she were of age to give consent. I found it very uncomfortable, the sex scene this time around. Like I remember thinking that it was titillating when I first saw it. But mm-hmm. the the shot of him removing her underwear and it's like so firmly situated in that kind of schoolgirl infantilization. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I felt dirty, ladies. Yeah. Well, you know, guidance counselors get to find out all sorts of things. Oh. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm going to find out what college you're going to. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, again, I I only recall guidance counselors helping you fill out, like, applications. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't Mm -hmm. go to them, like, you know, for your personal problems. No, I didn't. I don't remember who mine were. (laughs) I mean, my my guidance counselor was a very nice man, but I mean, I I wouldn't have, you know, thought of him as like a... Father figure, or you know, yeah. God forbid, like you know, having a crush on him or anything. Okay, but Gina, did you meet him in a motel, and did he or did he not pour champagne all over you? <laughs> he did not. I missed out on that experience. Oh, I have to say. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned this 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 sex scene and how, and, and yeah, the, these are shockingly graphic, way more than yeah. I remember them being. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have, you know how people say, oh, well, you couldn't make that kind of movie anymore. Well, you really. Could not make that kind of movie no. anymore. No. Not with the high school students. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're going to whiff of, you know, older man, underage woman, you you ain't doing that. That's mm. not happening anymore. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying it, it is interesting 
to watch this kind of movie from the perspective of, you know, how people view, and I'm not going to call this art. It's not art. It's, 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 <laughs> it's enjoyable trash. It's like airbrush art. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like something painted on the side of a van, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but beautiful. That's not an insult. I'm not insulting it at all. I'm just, I'm it's just a beautiful saying, though, van. That, you, that you're definitely going to, you know, something like this would have come out now, you're definitely going to, you know, rile up the, well, depiction is endorsement and right, nobody, yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. in this movie is a good person and oh god can you imagine i don't know who to root for they all seem terrible <laughs> yeah, yes no, this and, is and the point <laughs> there is not yeah. a single there's not a single redeem redeemable character in this entire movie and you know what i, I kind of appreciate that I yes. do too. Yeah, I mean, even like I love Nev Campbell in it because she wins, but not because she's a good person. Like she's no. still murdering people. She's kind know? of the worst of them all, right? <laughs> I, I know. Mean, yeah. I mean, Daphne Rubin Vega's character it's is not directly involved, but she's still not a nice person. Mm-hmm. No, I I feel like we're supposed to respect her at the end. Like these are the two women who made it out because they are the smartest, right? Like Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon seems to be smart because he's videotaping the girls, he's putting the pieces together. And then you find out, oh, no, he's just in on it and he's looking to get richer. What Mm -hmm. a dumb fuck. And it just ends up costing him like his death scene. I love. I do, too. (laughs) Like actually both his and Matt Dillon's. They're so unceremonious. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, you guys are really stupid. Right. Yeah. And those are two things that I think I had remembered. Like I remembered somebody being knocked off a boat. Yes. And it wasn't until I watched this movie again that so many parts of it started kind of crashing back to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the boom, the boom thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just love him like flailing in the water and like, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> like, that's what you say? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like... <laughs> But I'm a man. Uh, I didn't expect this to happen. Help. <laughs> exactly. I'm the alpha here, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is something that I do really like about it. Like, it's scheming women and, you know, they're these gross dudes mm-hmm. get got, you know. I do feel bad for Denise Richards' character in this one, too, because I feel like she just, I don't know. She gets played, too, you know. I think so, because I think in her mind, it was going to be her and Matt Dillon, because I think she Mm -hmm. actually did love him. I think so, too. Yeah. And I mean, she is like 17, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that she is stupid by any means, but she is not like a criminal mastermind, you know, like if she she had not already been having an affair with him, she wouldn't have been involved in this, you know, or rich. Mm hmm. I think one of the things that I enjoy the most about the film is not just the twists and turns. Like, I will never forget the end credits because I honestly don't think I've ever seen a movie do something like this before. Mm -hmm. Or do it so well, you know, because I'm not mad at it. So I I have known some people who are. Really? You know, Jeannie, you said it almost like a badge of pride. Like, this movie's so <laughs> audacious, it's still explaining itself into the credits. And I've heard people say, uh, your movie's over when the credits begin. So you mm. you shouldn't still need to take that space in order to explain yourself. Like, you have overcomplicated the plot if you need to do that. I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's cl- I think it's clever. I mean, I you know I don't know that every movie should do it, but I think that you know every now and then it's fine. And, and anyway, th- how many movies these days you just end at the credits? 
you know, mm-hmm. we're, right. we're, you know, we're, we're spoiled now by like, you know, even, you know, non-Marvel movies still have like, you know, mid-credit sequences mm-hmm. or they have blooper reels or they have outtakes or they have the cast all singing and dancing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like... I love all that kind of stuff, though. I do, too. Imagine if this movie had ended with a character singing and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> like the Backstreet Boys come out. Yes, exactly. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think when you have a memorable cast, like that's when I really love it. And that's when I want that to happen. Because sometimes like I'll see a movie and it, it is over at the credits. And I'm like, oh, but I want to keep watching these people. Or I want to know like that they had fun shooting it, you know, because mm-hmm. it's such like it's a tight little foursome ensemble kind of movie, you know, and I really like all of the actors and it's it's just like a little bit more flavor also it's Nev Campbell and I love her you know and Bill Murray it's like they picked the two best people to to be at the end but Mm -hmm. there is an element of like the rules of mystery you know like could we have figured this out on our own you know and I'm Uh, not sure hmm. like I'm sure we probably could but it's so twisty that I lose track of like what I'm like it's like I don't even know I'm supposed to be trying to figure something out you know I find it so satisfying to have thought I had it figured out, but then to have these end credits fill in some of those blanks. Mm-hmm. And I do want to acknowledge, of course, that one of the reasons this may have seemed to have gone on a little bit longer is I don't know if you're like me, where you watch the unrated edition, which <gasps> has seven extra minutes. Oh! <gasps> I don't think I did. I, I need to I know what's know. in the seven minutes. I was going to say, I'm not sure. What, what, what's, what is in the extra seven minutes? I know for sure that some of those end credits are additional. Because I was really? like, oh, I don't recognize the scene. I don't think I've ever seen it before. And huh. I realized, oh, I'm watching the unrated edition. So Ooh. I think some things just play out a little bit longer. But mm-hmm. they were a little extra. Like you didn't actually need them to understand everything. But I was like, oh, okay, that's that from a different perspective. Hmm. Yeah. But it's such a shame that there wasn't an extended section of um, Matt Dillon sitting down next to Kevin Bacon and they at the bar and they just start making out (laughs) like that could not have been part of the seven minutes i remember the tooth pulling out scene and as i was watching it and the credits start rolling i was like pretty sure she pulls her tooth out in this movie when's Mm -hmm. that gonna happen yeah oh yeah (laughs) if there was ever an outtake i want that and i want um Yeah, and I want Denise Richards cracking up in one of her more ridiculous line readings, or even like mm-hmm. a, a her and Nev Campbell accidentally drowning each other and then laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, getting water up their nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I want to know what else is in the seven minutes. Do you know that? Like, so in the in credit scene, there's the the pictures scene with the the I don't know which one came out better when Nev Campbell initially blackmails him and then there's he meets his best friend Kevin Bacon who he tragically does not make out with and then there's the tooth pulling out scene and then I think there's Bill Murray at the end and that's what I saw right yeah okay I think I've got something extended threesome between Susie Lombardo and Kelly of course Extended pool scene of Susie and Kelly making making love. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a bit more with the cops and Sam at the beginning when they're just walking across campus. There's a lunch scene with Bill Murray and Robert Wagner uh, oh. when they kind of like cut a deal. Uh-huh. Well, I'd always take more Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. Then I did not have the extended scene because 
the scene where it comes out that they're lying skips right to them them getting the like, doing the settlement. So I did not uh, uh, I did not get okay. the uh, extended yeah. scene. Yeah, there's a scene where we learn more about Nev Campbell's backstory. So Daphne Rubin Vega goes to talk to I think it's meant to be her aunt, and we like find out about how her parents died and that mm. kind of stuff. There's the first meeting between Kelly and Matt Dillon's character. Hmm. Yeah, there's like an individual sex scene between those two characters as well, where he fucks her from behind. Ah, well, I mean, maybe I need to check out this unrated version. (laughs) That makes me sound creepy. (laughs) (laughs) It it was nothing kind of revelatory, but it did sort of fill in a couple of the character interactions, particularly the Kelly and the Matt Dillon stuff, just because they get Mm. more screen time with just the two of them. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, it's very much Nev Campbell telling Kelly, there's that guidance counselor, go. It's basically a a derivation of go make friends. It's a Mm. different version of that. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of trivia about this movie that I stumbled across Mm. that that, that may may shock and astonish you. Okay. Uh, Seriously considered for the role of Sam, played by Matt Dillon, Robert Downey Jr., really oh, yeah could see it could see he, it mm-hmm. he was still but he was still kind of caught up in his uh his addiction problems and they mm. did not want to they right. want to not pay for the insurance for him uh, i, I don't know it. if he would have read as inept you know i don't i can't oh. see him doing graphic sex scenes either i don't know that that he ever has am i am i missing an obvious one nothing comes to mind yeah, yeah. he's not a super sexual person in his right. movies yeah yeah, not in his movies. I guess that's, uh, that probably reads a slander. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, he could be, you know, a total animal on his, and, you know, off screen. <laughs> right. I think just, you know, but on screen, he, he, just, he doesn't yeah. read as a very sexual person. Yeah, certainly not Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, some actors just don't, you know. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Mm-hmm. Doolittle. Ooh. <laughs> i'm sorry not gonna say the porn name of that i, I wonder if, i wonder that if he i wonder if he had if he had gotten that role that would have like blown his chances of getting iron man right uh, it might yeah yeah and i mean kevin bacon i think was already kind of an established star at this point so this isn't really going to take him down but like you know nobody else in this really did too much after unless i'm missing some obvious things again well matt dillon's kind of uh, oddly enough kind of stayed that like artsy movie kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like he did that the house jack built which oh I have, yeah which i have not watched i I, is... I don't know if i'm going to ever get around to watching that it is not for gins yeah that's... yeah i yeah, know I... people that love it but it is not for me it's way too much yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of the fact that this feels like a good stepping stone for Kevin Bacon towards Hollow Man, which he would make in 2000. <laughs> yeah. Also with uh, some dick parts. Well, oh, he yeah. the, the, the funny thing is he had the, the him being nude in this was was an accident. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Like he was supposed to just catch, like Matt Dillon to throw him a towel and he was supposed to catch it and then he like missed. <laughs> so I was uh, wondering about that and they just kept it in? They kept it, yeah. Yeah, I think he thought it was kind of funny. Like, well, I'm making this sort of movie, so what's a flash of peen? Right. Ah. And then like, and then like some years later, he like did a funny PSA, like kind of encouraging more, more actors to do full frontal nudity, yes. which good for you, Kevin. <laughs> I, yeah. I 100% endorse this. I, I mean, it doesn't hurt when... You know, you look, look like, like Kevin that. Bacon. 
exactly. He looks good. That's all uh-huh. I'll say. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched him in the movie, the, the TV show, uh, I Heart Dick, and I'm. I am very disappointed <laughs> that he did not get naked in that. Oh, as, as, as horny as everybody. I mean, he does have a sex scene, but he does not get naked in it. But the, right. as horny as that TV show is, yeah, he, he kept his, he kept his clothes on. I'm like, Kevin, mm, come what on, what are you good for? <laughs> I know. It's oh. like there's certain actors where you just expected of them, like Ewan McGregor, Michael oh. Fassbender. Just mm-hmm. give the audience give what they want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah it's so funny though because like i grew up watching him in footloose and tremors you know and right. just loving him in those and then it's like oh my god that's his penis yeah but <laughs> it's like this is where he starts to feel like a heel right i mean he takes mm-hmm. a lot of villainous roles in a certain period of time yeah and it's it's he, he seems to really enjoy it you know because he's playing kind of this milk toast cop dude who you know is kind of the one that I actually was rooting for a little bit because he was trying to find out what happened for the sake of these girls you know and oh then, no I find him would... so pervy mm, well now I do but yeah at the <laughs> beginning I was like because he's compared to Matt Dillon you know it reads differently when you know what the twists are totally that is true yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I, I think I had forgotten a lot of that until I, I'm telling you, I remembered Nev Campbell pulling her tooth out and I remembered them kissing in the pool. And that was all I remembered about this movie until I started <laughs> watching it. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, I definitely remember that, you know, somebody died, but then they didn't really die. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do remember that like there was a way more people involved in this than there should have been. Mm. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those experiences where, like, as I was watching it, I would remember the next five minutes. Yeah. And then oh, the next shit, five minutes, right. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the movie where this happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm still surprised nobody got fed to a gator in this movie, though. Yeah, it was, cer- right. it was certainly implied that, that I know. Some, someone would get fed to a gator at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do love the shmarmy, I'm going to the Everglades scene where he's just like such a tool like riding around on his fan boat you know uh, yes but i love it like i love how many neo-noirs are set in florida because it's like well you're gonna be sweaty but also sexy and it's hot so <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're just you're already gonna be half naked i mean come on right totally or just wearing all white to go wash cars you know cars. <laughs> yes. and i was watching that scene in this time and it reminds me of that scene in zoolander yes the gas oh, station right. <laughs> I love how certain movies have just ruined particular tropes for us, right? Like, I can't see this without thinking of that now. Mm -hmm, I know. Yeah. And oh, we also have to mention the soundtrack, I think, because I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like so many of these songs. Like, I can't even remember. Like, Smash Mouth, I think. Oh, my God. I wrote some of them down. Semi-Charmed Life. Why Can't We Be Friends? And I love the idea of, like, this guidance counselor just, like, driving around in his Jeep listening to Smash Mouth, you know? God, that should have tipped everybody off. Oh, he's clearly a villain with that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. So, Eddie... Final thoughts on Wild Things. Huh. Do we want to cover the three sequels, perhaps? I, oh, I, you know, I, wow. I, I, I did not know until I rewatched it that there, I, I think I knew there was one sequel. I didn't know there were three. No, I, I knew that there either. was one. And then when I was doing research, I was like, oh, I think there's more. And then just as we were starting this, I was like, at least the fourth one gets clever because it's called Wild Things Foursome. <laughs> 
clever. Ah. Nice. We should do, I mean, if we really feel like subjecting ourselves to some garbaggio, we could compare these sequels to all the Poison Ivy sequels. Ooh. Right, or the Cruel Intention sequels. That's right, yeah. yes. Those are those exist too. Amy <laughs> Adams is in the second one. <gasps> really? It's a failed oh. TV pilot that they turned it That's into right, a film. That's right, you're right. That's, you're, you are correct. Oh, um, needless to say, listeners, we're not doing any of that. But if <laughs> no. you have seen any of these, please let us know. Because actually, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing Poison Ivy because I've never seen it. And I would like to check it out. I haven't seen it either. That's a that's yeah. a trash fest. It's, a, it's another one where you're you you watch it and you're thinking maybe I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> Is that Mal- Alyssa Milano? Well, that's, that's the one, that's one. a sequel. This one, the original uh, is Drew Barrymore. Now, now the that's I, right. I, I do have to give a caveat with watching Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. is that Drew Barrymore was actually over underage when she made no. this movie. Ooh, Where, whereas in this movie, Denise Richards was twenty seven. Yeah, they were very much. And Nev Campbell was twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, neither of them looked very convincing as high school students. That's no. I think, and I think that's how you can get away with these sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not as an adult woman, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I must say, as a first film to come back to. This was kind of a blast. I really I enjoyed revisiting yeah. this. It, it, it was really fun. fun. Yeah, I, I just want to tell people that if you're watching it for the first time, you really have to just keep in mind that you this was not a big deal at the time it no. came out. That that right. this was not a thing that people were particularly. And I'm not saying, oh, you know, you kiss today, you're so easily offended. I'm just saying it was a different time. It was and, a different time, and, yeah. and I 100 you agree with that except that you would not make this movie today no oh yeah or it would be a very different movie. it would be very much be distinctive in drawing the line between who are the good people and who are the bad people here yeah, yeah. and it'd be set at college so they would all be like third year mm-hmm. right, right right everybody would be aged up you would be more you would have a more hardline approach to how the idea of false accusations of rape are handled mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm picturing like like a Mayor of Easttown type spin for it, you know, like a very dark story. Because the story is really, really dark and troubling when you really yeah. think about it. It, it just you know? put a very campy spin on it. Right, yeah. and it works, you know? Like I I'm, think that's I'm the only reason it. it works. If they played this mm-hmm. straight, this would be grim, and honestly, it'd be too much of a slog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's really fun. <laughs> it is really fun. It is, it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, before we announce where we're headed next month, uh, Gina, how can people get a hold of you? I write about movies and television at thespool.net, and I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, in which we talk about horror movies, uh, focusing on the characters and odd little background details. Uh, We also have a side project uh, called Dish by Dish, in which we are watching the television series Hannibal episode by episode, so you can find me there. And I am on Twitter under Porcelain72. Lovely. And Jen? You can find me at Jen Ferratu on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me co-hosting the Losers Club podcast, which is all about Stephen King, and also the Psychoanalysis podcast, which is about horror movies and mental health. And just kind of writing in various places. 
<laughs> of course, yes. We're all writing at various places. We are, yes. <laughs> Look at us conquering the internet. Exactly. Hashtags, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can get a hold of me at Beast on my remote, and you can listen to my podcast, Horror Queers, every Wednesday. So, ladies, erotic <laughs> thrillers continue next month. We're going to be checking out a Lifetime movie because yes. we have to. So we're going to keep it in the 90s. We're going to travel back a couple of years. But yes, we're going to be looking at an early Carrie Russell movie called <gasps> The Babysitter's Seduction. Oh, sounds scandalous. I do believe it will be, yes. <laughs> I've not seen this, so I am really excited. <laughs> All right. Well, until the babysitter seduction next month, that is it for us here at White Ladies in Crisis. Uh, big thanks to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for letting us crash and do this wacky little show. But um, yeah, I guess until <laughs> next time, have as many people in the pool as you possibly can. Yeah, you know, just go for it. As long yeah. as you're all of age. Yeah. But yeah, for some. look out look out for the gators. <laughs> <laughs> Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.